Hello everyone, and welcome back to Astral Cognition's podcast, Creative Minds. My name is Shika, and I will be your host for this episode. Astral Cognition is a student-run platform dedicated to empowering the creators of our world and guiding everyone through the process of becoming a creator. On Creative Minds, we take a look at creativity in the real world. We have awe-inspiring interviews with successful creators, magnificent stories from developing creators, and everyone in between. Today we have Aditi Jha, a freshman in college in the UK who's quite the social activist on social media and has been a young Lord Mayor. It's wonderful to have you back here, Aditi. I'm super excited. Oh, me too. Thank you. Um, so today we're going to be talking about uh, the stigmas and stereotypes and more specifically growing up outside of India. I know that you have been to India, I think? Yeah. So I haven't actually ever lived in India, which is kind of mad. So I was born there and then six months after I kind of had a life story. I went to Hungary for a while. I went to France and then I came to the UK when I was three years old. And so even though I haven't lived there, I've pretty much been there enough to know what it is to be like, like all my family's there. So apart from my immediate family, the rest of them are back home. So I visit every, every year. Every summer, pretty much. That's kind of cool. I actually um, lived in India for two years, so it'll be interesting to see the like difference mm-hmm. um, in like how we think about things. Um, and most of my not immediate family, mm-hmm. save for like my aunt who lives in Chicago, but I think most of my uh, not immediate family lives in India as well. What do you think are the differences between like? the UK and India? Like, what major differences have you seen in terms of people, in terms of society, in terms of whatever, really? I feel like there's a lot of differences. When you think about the, you know, obviously main, main type of things, we're in a predominantly Christian country in the UK and then a predominantly Hindu country in, the, in, like, in India. And I feel like although religion doesn't play a part in culture, it has a massive influence over it. So like in India, I'll like I'll kind of see the homely type of feel. Everyone knows one another. Everyone like vibes off one another. Everyone's always, always happy in the presence of others. In the UK, I feel like it's more kept to yourself, mainly because interaction here is much more different than India. Like in the UK, you're kind of like you know you you go in a bundle of people, and that that's the group you stick with like forever. So. When I came to the UK, I was, obviously my parents were, one, familiar with the place. And for me, it's kind of like second nature now being in the UK. But for them, they kind of found Indians and like, yes, we found you and we stuck together. I think in India, they don't really care about where you're from as long as you're a good person. I feel like that's a, like, that's a very key difference between the two places. Yeah, I actually, now that you mentioned that, I actually find that something interesting um happened to me I guess like I think here in America at least a lot of people would ask me like where I was from um and I'm I'm I was born in America so I mean obviously I would say like oh I'm from this township and they'd be like oh you live nearby then excuse me my voice is leaving me I feel like when you're from a different country and you come somewhere else you think you're on a holiday rather than living here because I've definitely got that question once in a while, especially when I go into a new school and they're like, 
oh, have you like lived in India before you came here? I'm like, no, I've been here since I was three. Like I've been yeah, almost living in the UK. Yeah, same. And I think like, especially after I like came back from India, um, mm-hmm. like two years ago, I think that like a lot of people, when I said that I had just moved from India, they assumed I had been there all my life when in reality, I just like had been there for like two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and there might be something else to say about that, which I don't want to get into now because uh, there's like a whole discussion on whether or not that's even like the right assumption to make, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know, honestly. <laughs> if yeah, yeah. It's a broad topic. Yeah, that's a really like, I think. But in terms of like sheer uh, difference, I got mm-hmm. asked that question, like I probably got asked that question far fewer times in India than I did that- here. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's just because like, I was in a city that like was a lot more diverse. Like I was in Bangalore. Um, oh, okay. So it, it might've also been that sort of environment where literally everyone is from another country. So mm-hmm. that might've also been a part of it. Just like nobody cares at this point. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like in where I'm, where, where my dad's from is Rachi, which is in Jharkhand, and there it's kind of like you know pretty much everyone there is pretty, like grown up in India, in some form. So when you hear my you know Hindi English accent, they're kind of like ah, she's definitely not lived here before. I'm like yes, you're right. Oh yeah, no same. People people knew from my accent that I wasn't born in India. Yeah. But because I think that I was in like a basically a cesspool of like just mm-hmm. different like people and different from different countries, I think it I got asked the question a lot less. Yeah, yeah I got asked the question a lot less because people kind of knew that like, oh, this is an American accent. Mm-hmm. So you said, I don't know if you remember um, anything from before you were three, but what is it like visiting or living in other countries? Oh my goodness. I feel like I have an identity disorder because when I go to India, I'm not quite Indian. I'm referred to as British. But then when I'm in England, they kind of go, ah, she's Indian. So you're kind of left in this situation like, oh my God, where am I from? Like, I can't figure anything out. So when I go to India, I try to leave all that British stuff, you know, behind me. And like, you kind of really get that sense of, oh you're you're treated differently I believe like I really do think my experiences in India are like a full-on Indian person just being that you know everyone kind of walks around eggshells like you know if we truly go all Indian or not she's kind of kind of go well this is very overwhelming but in reality I really kind of want them to go you know full-blown Indian I want to see like when I go visit my cousins they have like you know everyone in their building all like kind of know each other all the boys go out and play cricket in the evening after they've come back from school and stuff like that. Whereas in England, I don't think you find that as much. I don't think, you know, you don't know everyone except your neighbour or two. Like, my friend Miriam, who's Chinese, she lives in the same estate as me. And we wouldn't have actually known each other if it wasn't for where we met in school. It's kind of mad, to be honest. I really find it difficult to understand the difference between India and England just because I don't feel like I've got the full-on experience in either countries to be honest like that's that's kind of a difficult question to answer because nor am I English nor am I Indian so what am I so how do I associate myself with the two cultures because they're so different from one another I think that actually makes a lot of sense because 
up until I had actually lived in India, I think I was going through like the same sort of thing where it was like, well, I'm not American. My parents mm. had sort of like imbibed, I guess that's the right yeah. word, imbibed these sort of like uh, Indian beliefs. And I'm not saying that they're bad. I do like the idea of having like people around, of having people um, who maybe aren't your immediate family. I like that idea of like close connection a lot. Mm-hmm. But you don't really get that in America, right? You get like sort of this superficial connection where it's like, yeah, they'll be friends with you, but they'll only be friends with you, like you said, in school, or they'll only be friends with you um, at work, or they'll only be friends with you in a specific setting, and they probably won't talk to you outside of that yeah. setting. Um, and I think before I had actually moved there, I was like going through my that same sort of like identity crisis where it was like, I don't know why I can't quite fit in. But then every time I visited India, I knew I didn't quite fit in yeah. either. And it's kind of mad though, because no one apart from the people that have experiences will understand how we're feeling. So like, you know, a full-blown Indian or a full-blown English person wouldn't understand the feeling of you don't know where you belong. So, like, my best friend, Isabel, she kind of goes, what, what's the problem? Why don't you fit in anywhere? And I'm like, in the, I feel like fitting in, even in the school, is so difficult for me because if you haven't got your foundations, how are you supposed to build any anything else? So when I was in year eight, which was 13, I think, so quite young, we kind of found this international charity called HSS. And it literally stands for Hindu Swam Sevak Sung. And I think they have an America branch, but I'm not too sure. And that I kind of found, oh my God, British Indians, British Hindus, like, let's latch onto them. Let's like, you know, like we've got friends. So I feel like when I found that group, I kind of went, ah, these are my type of people. They don't fit in in India. They don't fit in in England. But then that kind of finds you a bit of comfort. You're like, like, you know, now I can talk to someone about how I'm feeling. Yeah, that, I think before I didn't really quite realize that it was a thing that nearly every, like, child of, like, immigrants face. I didn't think it was as universal um, across, like, all uh, first generation uh, of immigrants. Because, like you said, I, th- I don't think, like, people that are, like, full-blown um, or that have grown up Um, and had a lot of family in like the States or in the UK or in India would quite like understand just how uncomfortable it is to Mm -hmm. like have to learn something from like the school environment and then also have to learn a slightly different but also not the same kind of thing Mm -hmm. at home or at like, I think there is an HSS branch in America I forget if the, I think it's in New York mm, um, okay. but yeah like I there's also like these sort of associations for like like Bengali association or Hindu association and stuff like that um, within districts so even those sort of like tight-knit groups I never felt like I quite belonged just because like a lot of them were like really well first of all a lot of them were really young kids because it was basically like a Mm. hindi school and so you know i mean obviously every parent wants to teach their children their mother tongue and you know that makes sense in a way Mm. but it's also like when you're 13 the last thing you want to do is be with a bunch of um 
10-year-olds. I know, it kind of feels like you're out of the box. And now my parents, they grew up in India all of their lives. They came to, you know, they've they've been in England for 17 years, but the 30 years before that, they were in India, they kind of grew up in that environment. So I think they find it easier to latch back into India and they'll be like, I don't know why you have an identity crisis, Aditi. Like, exactly. You're Indian. And I'm like, but I'm not though. I'm not full on Indian. Yes, I had the Indian accent when I talked to the aunties and uncles. Like, you know, like it just slips out. But then I'll go. But then when I'm with my friends, I'll be in a full on Scouse British accent. And I'll just go, Dad, you don't understand because you haven't lived this the way I've lived this. The way, you know, other girls and boys in our country live this. Because you've had a sense of security of being an Indian from the like from day one, whereas we haven't. And I think it's also just like the timing, right? Like my parents also, uh, I think they've been in India for about 20 years now. Mm-hmm. Or not, they, they've been in the US for 20 years now and the rest of their lives they were in India, but just actually half and half. Um, so at this point, they actually understand what I'm going through um, simply because like it took them time to realize that like, this is something that happens. But before that, I think before like when they had like more uh, experience in India than they had in the US, they yeah. were always like, why aren't you able to make any friends? Why aren't you able to like be uh, comfortable with yourself um, and stand up for yourself? And I'm just kind of like, because I don't know what I'm standing up for. Exactly. You know? I don't know if it's like me I'm standing up for, if it's like American culture I'm standing up for, if it's Indian culture that I'm standing up for, if it's some other culture that I have no idea. I have, I, I don't really, I didn't really know because I was being taught like these different things from different people and mm-hmm. I wanted to accept it all as like valid. I didn't, I, di- I don't think at the time, like nowadays I just kind of like pick and choose. I'm, I'm I, yeah. I fully am aware that like, yes, I am American by passport, but also like because of the way I was raised, I do have like a lot of Indian values, I guess you could say. Um, mm-hmm. So like communal values. I value like communalism over like individualism sometimes in some mm-hmm. scenarios. Um, I'm more lenient when, you know, you say, when someone says something like, um, oh, like it's for the good of the group. Like I, I get that. I definitely like understand that a little bit better than I think a lot of other people might because of like, uh, the sort of like my, I, I I don't know how to describe this besides like my values of like communalism and my values of like individualism are both like equal. Yeah, the way we've been raised as well, like you know, growing up with different ideologies because we're from due to we're we're from two different countries, so we can really we we have the ability to understand other people's perspectives more than others, just because we've had to have different perspectives as well, like. I, I remember, like, I don't know who I was telling this to. And I go, oh, I'm him. I'm Crindle. And everyone kind of went, what? <laughs> and I went, yeah, I'm like, you know, Paul Christian, Paul Hindu. And like, everyone kind of got a bit like, oh my God, this girl's like controversial. Like, she's gonna, you know, all hell's gonna break loose with this. And I'm like, no, hear me out. There's parts of Christian ideology that I really like, I really understand, and I really, you know, I kind of fit into that category. And then with other, like, Hindu ideologies, I agree with them. Like, you know, 
yes, positive, very non, non-violent situations. And I'm kind of like, you know, I like both of those ideologies. Why can I not bring them together? And everyone kind of went, they were stunned because I had a point. I like explained things well. But there is that kind of like, I remember a couple of people going, this girl's going to like, you know, break hell because like, you normally people wouldn't come out with stuff like that, would they? But I feel like when you've grew up in a scenario where you had to like adapt, you've had to think for yourself, you can't rely on others as much. Things like that do come out and things like that, like we're more spiritually awakened than most. And that's like a, that's a fact. Because just the only reason being, we've had to like, kind of gauge life without people with without finding similar people like us and then that's like that's given us more insight into things i wouldn't say spiritually awakened but i would say sort of like we're more self-aware of Mm. like what sort of things we believe in yeah simply because yeah no it's okay i'm just trying to like frame it a little differently because i think what you're trying to say is like they other people might have like one point of view um for a majority of their lives because they've only been uh they've been raised with parents that share the same point of view Mm -hmm. um and that point of view aligns with like the country that they live in or like this culture that they're in etc but with like a lot of immigrant children the culture that their parents bring to the table is very different from the culture that like is around them like in school or in like in the workplace or just like in day-to-day interactions as well um so it's like as a result you've kind of had to like make sure that you understand yourself in order to actually be comfortable and i think um even if like uh whoever's listening if any of you are like not in that place right now i guarantee you you'll be in that place sometime because um, it, what I've seen in a lot of um, people that I've talked to who are children of immigrants is that the first stage is kind of just like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> and then- <laughs> I think everyone has that. <laughs> and then uh, the second stage is more of just like, oh, okay, I'm gonna go with the culture that everyone else believes in. That's sort of like the teenage years. I'm gonna go with the culture that everyone else believes in just because my parents suck, right? Um, and <laughs> it's like that typical like rebellious kind of thing where it's like, oh. Yeah, that know. phase that every single girl and boy has gone through. It's- yeah. And then like the third phase is kind of like, okay, maybe my parents were right. Um, <laughs> maybe I should like try to not, uh, maybe I should try to like build Don't a relationship. Yeah, build a relationship with them again. And then after that, it's kind of just like a, a series of like ups and downs where you're like, some days I will be very much more, very clearly more American influenced than like Indian influenced. Mm-hmm. But then other days I will be like, no, that's not right. That that that, that goes against like a couple of like ups and downs when it comes to like what I believe in. And sometimes it might sound yeah. contradictory. Like you said, with the whole like Christian and Hindu thing, like it might sound contradictory just because it's like an East Asian culture and a uh, like European, European influence slash purely American culture. Just it, yeah. it doesn't usually get along very well. But I think like a lot of immigrant children that have uh, been brought up here do understand that there's like, you know, you can pick and choose from whatever cultures you want to. Um, mm. And it doesn't really 
matter, I guess, at the end of the day, what you pick and choose, just so long as you're happy with your choice. Yeah, like back to the phases thing, like I'm now the 18 and I still haven't figured things out. So it will take time. Like I didn't think I'll figure anything out until I'm like 20 or something. Honestly, I feel like you're growing up and you're still like hormonal. You're still getting used to life and you're not kind of, you haven't left the school life yet. You're not, you know, integrated into society fully. So I think once you've kind of had that, you know, out of schooling, out of education and into the workplace, I feel like people will be able to figure things out more. I think that kind of has to do with something like psychologically. Um, I, I'm a psychology nerd, if you couldn't already tell, but um, there's this thing um, in like, when you, when you talk about child development, mm-hmm. where you don't actually feel comfortable with yourself until you're around like mid twenties. Um, a lot of people don't. Yeah. Um, mid twenties, early thirties is when most people start to realize that like, they're not, either they're not happy with the way they're living their life mm-hmm. or they need to hunker down and figure out what they need to do with the rest of their lives. And that yeah. forces them to sort of like make those changes to themselves and to uh, like their friend groups, their social circles, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like it's perfectly like, I know I, I think just because I moved to India, like, fi- like yeah. I had to physically get up and be like, okay, this is very different from what I'm used to mm-hmm. at the age of like 14. And I was already like really uh, not happy with myself. I was oh. confronted with that reality much earlier than others. than others. Yeah. And it just kind of like, you know, I, I might've had a shorter, like angsty teen phase, but like, you know, I think everybody has those three phases and it's just that those phases will go on for different lengths so it's like you don't have any experiences reflect on how fast you grow as well yeah like obviously if you live um you know like you for example you've lived in the uk for pretty much all your life um i don't think you really have that many memories prior to three years old so it doesn't really Mm -hmm, affect you in that sort of way, right? You don't have like that thing to go back and remember like, oh, this happened. Mm-hmm. So for people that stay in the country, I think it's, you know, maybe, maybe you know, it'll happen around mid twenties, early thirties, or maybe it'll happen later or maybe it'll happen earlier. I don't know, but it just, you know, it, it happens at different times for everyone. And really just depends on like what you experience, what you openly allow yourself to do, what you, um, are forced to do sometimes. <laughs> um, true, though, like people will find it like, what kind of parents do you know? Everyone have to force things, but ninety nine percent of people do. A lot of people are like kind of you know because they're not sure their parents think they know better for them. So you're kind of like you don't because you don't know what to do. You kind of go along with what they say. You're like, yeah, sure, because I don't have an idea anyway. Exactly, and I don't think it's a bad thing if you're forced to do something. I mean, obviously, if you're like not okay with it you're vehemently not okay with it um and you're still being forced to do it yeah Um, that's a different situation though that's like a different situation i think a little bit of pushing is okay especially when you're like a young kid and you don't know what else you want to do besides like uh play Wii or play oh my god i (laughs) the Wii. oh my god i just dated myself oh my god no (laughs) yes guys i played the Wii from like when I was seven to when like now even I played Mario Kart yesterday like a couple days ago yeah oh my god 
been a while since we heard of that, right? <laughs> what a throwback. Oh, God, yeah. But, you know, I think the fact that my parents forced me to try out different sports um, mm-hmm. and the fact that my parents actually tried to make me better at math, um, which didn't work. Um, but, you know, <laughs> they tried. <laughs> um, so basically, some forcing is good. That's that's what I really mean to say. Like, a yeah. little bit. A little bit is okay if you're if you're vehemently against it um whatever your parents are forcing you to do or whatever other people are forcing you to do uh stand up for yourself um take a lesson on how to say no i think there's a lot of really good youtube videos out there actually um, kids think indians more so than any other culture force their kids into things more just because they want them not to repeat the same mistakes and they kind of go about it differently because obviously I've experienced a couple of situations like that. I'm one of my best friends do. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm like, so it kind of hit me. I'm like, is, is this just an Indian thing? It's just like, you know, because I'm from a different culture, this is more prominent in my point of view. I actually don't think it's just an Indian thing. I think it's an immigrant thing in general, maybe yeah. particularly Asian or East mm-hmm. Asian. But I think it's an immigrant thing in general, just because like, your future is unstable when you like move to a new yeah. country right you don't know what you're gonna do so you want your kid to have like the best opportunities that they can have yeah. um, and you're already at a really significant disadvantage because you um either you just moved here like from the parents perspective you just moved here with a kid or you're about to have a kid mm-hmm. um i know when my parents moved here they didn't have me until a couple of years after they moved so i was like so they were essentially, I don't know what you would call it, free birds. They traveled everywhere and they mm-hmm. did a lot of stuff. But, you know, when they had me, it was like, because I'm also the first child, it also means that, like, they were just learning how to parent. Yeah. Um, and that's that's difficult in and of itself. But then also, like, my future was unstable. I was mm-hmm. the first one in a new country. I had, my parents had nobody else to tell them how to do it because at that point, my aunt hadn't moved yet from India. So, like, she was still in India and, you know, my parents were the only ones in the U.S. from my family. Mm -hmm. I think it's like, it's it's very much like an immigrant thing to want to force your kid into doing as much as they can so that... All parents want the best for their child. There's no parent that kind of goes, nah. Like, we, they want your kid to be happy. They want them to be successful in the future. And I think that is a lot of, like, that's kind of stemmed a lot of mistakes with parents. Because, like, we're going to do that in the future when we have kids and stuff as well. We're going to we're gonna go about things wrong by accident without meaning to. But we all have that mindset that, no, this, like, our kid deserves the best. Yeah, and I think, like, yeah, most parents want the best for their uh, There's very few parents that actually don't really care about their kids um and like i mean i think that like especially if you're in like that angsty teen phase it's really hard to see that like your parents forcing you to do things is actually like um in your interest yeah it's because they want you to have like the best chance at actually succeeding right and you know um i remember i used to get into a lot of arguments because like it was just (laughs) like no I don't want to do this well can't you kind of have to right but but I don't want to um and I didn't like I didn't have a reason for why I didn't want to I just didn't want to (laughs) um but you know now that I'm looking back on it I'm kind of like oh well 
you know, it was, I, I didn't really have a right to be angry because it was kind of just like they were just asking me, hey, can you, do you want to try this? And I'm just like, no, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> okay, so I think that's all the time that we have for yeah. today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Creative Minds. If you like this episode, you can support these creators by using the links mentioned in the description. Please follow our Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel in order to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Also, share this episode with anyone who you may think may benefit from it. Friends, family, your neighbor, your dog, whoever. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.